Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Get this ball rolling. It's the Sports Animals now on ESPN Honolulu with uh, Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. I uh, hope you're having a great morning so far. As you're heading in, well, you probably heard by now, the University of Hawaii Rainbow Warrior men's basketball schedule is finally out. Finally, yes. Uh, season tickets went on sale yesterday. I know the renewals were already out. And it is an interesting schedule, to say the least. I know people are going to have some uh, feelings and thoughts on this. It is a little bit of a late start, and we've been talking about it for a while. And they start, I think it's over a week after games are allowed to start with November 14th against UH Hilo. And that is a regular season game, not an exhibition. It's just getting harder and harder, it seems, to really get teams to come here. Conference play starts earlier and earlier. Big conferences with all the realignment and it's been a little bit tougher and a lot of big west schools have gone through this but at least it's out and now we can hopefully focus on the games that will start with the exhibition this friday yeah like steven Sy wrote in his column today it's not how you start the finish uh, start the season it's how you end so you know i remember us complaining a lot about oh look at that 2007 uh football schedule it's horrible get rid of herman fraser <laughs> and look what happened out of that so let's just enjoy the game because that's all it is it's just a game hey and you know what we're just like three days away from university of hawaii basketball live at the stand sheriff center bobby curran back behind the mic coming up on friday st mary's and uh those tickets are on sale just 20 bucks general admission for adults. Yeah, it's going to be a great night. St. Mary's in the official AP preseason poll was ranked 23rd, and they are usually a top 25 team. I don't know how many players are back from last year, uh, but last year they were quite a force. They were one of the few teams to beat Gonzaga last year, at least once mm. in the regular season. Cool. All right, you get, you get your first look if you didn't see them on Friday at practice. Hey, it's game day for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team before they head back home. A long road trip, a weird road trip for volleyball, but they do have UC Davis, who's only a game in back of them in the standings. And I know we talked about how there's a Big West tournament this year, which makes things different. I think it is important to get a road win today and finish this road trip 2-1, and one because now, as we're getting into the second half of conference play, you're also starting to think about seeding for the Big West tournament. And I think the way to go is to hopefully not have to play Santa Barbara until the championship. So a win today would help that cause. Hey, got a couple of extras here. What a game last night between the Cowboys and the Chargers. That was fun to watch. Think about Sunday night and Monday night football. Uh, they both went down to the wire, especially on Sunday night. But even last night, that was a really close game. And every time it seemed like the Cowboys might pull away, they didn't have a turnover last night. We know how critical that is. Chargers came bouncing back and just fell a little short. I thought we were maybe headed to overtime, but it was not to be last night. Yeah, I think the Chargers are just uh, – they're they, – Chargers need more help. I mean, I know they've got injury problems, but um, uh, 
you know, for the skill level they have at quarterback, they should be winning more games in they my should mind. Be. But uh, the Cowboys look good, and as Dak said uh, this morning or after the game, there's a big difference between being three and three and four and two. Now the Cowboys started out four and two last year. They went twelve and five into the playoffs. So uh, it was a, a, a good sign for Cowboys fans. Uh, we are your home for Major League Baseball playoffs and the World Series. Your exclusive Oahu radio home. Uh, yesterday, Rangers are uh, are now up two games in the ALCS, and the Phillies are up one, and they play again today. Yeah, I mean, for the for the Texas Rangers, this is a team that we didn't expect to be there, maybe some of us, and they had a great start to the season, slumped like a lot of teams in the middle, finished strong, and they are undefeated in these playoffs so far. And you got to give them a ton of credit to doing without Max Scherzer so far, but other guys like Jordan Montgomery starting the first game did a great job, timely hitting, and this is a team that is really peaking right now. Mm-hmm. For the Philadelphia Phillies, they just seem to be a team that, again, last year beating the Braves in the playoffs, who had the best record this year beating the Braves in the playoffs, they seem to be on an incredible run right now. And I have a feeling they'll beat Arizona. I think the playoff experience comes into play. And the uh-huh. Phillies, just like normal in these playoffs, just hitting a lot of home runs, and they get that leadoff from Kyle Schwarber once again. Guy hits about 180, but he hits a leadoff home run like every three or four games, it seems. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, the next game today at oh gosh, I didn't have the time. I think it's one thirty um, this afternoon. Two o'clock. On ES- two p.m. Two o'clock. First pitch. One thirty broadcast uh, today on ESPN Honolulu. You can catch the games here. All right. You know, I wanted to. Uh, we can get back into the. We can get. Oh, we can back in, get back into moaning about the basketball schedule or something like that. Really predictable. But I want to bring up what we ended the show with yesterday is the state of high school football in Hawaii. One thing that many people have been complaining about is the uh, many people just really complaining about all the blowouts. And when you have so many blowouts, it brings up the safety issue. It's the problem we had back in 2000-whatever when Keith Amamiya was in charge of the HHSAA. And they said, you know what? St. Louis is beating Damien... 77 to nothing now you don't have you have a lot of blowouts here's what you get when you with high school football now you get blowouts or you get forfeits i mean for crying out loud lately who is supposed to play lately uh kahuku this week and they said nah that's okay we don't want to play i mean (laughs) if that doesn't tell you the state of high school football in hawaii what does to me, it's not just the safety issue, which of course is important, but it's a scheduling issue. Why yes. were they scheduled to play each other? Why are you having these D1 schools playing the open schools? Why do you have D2 play D1 and so on when there's enough schools on the same level that you could play in the regular season? And I'm not right. talking about the mainland games. You can play those, but why isn't, again, Mililani playing Kahuku this year? They're both in the OIA Open. And I, I understand that. See, so we can ask, point our palms upwards and say, why, why, why? I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. But what is the reason why? What is the reason why these guys are doing this? I mean, is there money being taken under the table? That's stupid. Of course not. There's, there's got to be a reason you're not scheduling competitive games. And I'm just, it's just, it's kind of a sad situation because who's going to look into this? 
You know, in the NFL or Major League Baseball or even the NCAA does stuff, Congress starts, you know, uh, investigating, right? Who looks into this? That's my question. Is, is it the Department of Education? Is it the mayor? Is it the governor? Is it Joe Biden? I don't know who looks into this. Somebody's got to be held accountable for this, except for a couple. Of, all you got is a couple of radio announcers going, why is that? This well, seems pretty stupid. Our kids' safety is in effect. And and the people in charge are going like, I don't know. Don't ask me no question. I mean, you have a team openly say, we're just going to forfeit this game and look forward to the playoffs. And, and that was a fact. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think they're openly saying it, but it was the statement. I mean, I, I, I did. Well, they're openly saying the statement was said from one coach to another, according to you, that they are not playing Kohuku because they're just going to get ready for the playoffs. Yes. You confirmed that last night. I did. I'm, not, I'm just okay. saying that's, that's not openly. It's not like they're coming out publicly and saying, okay, we're not going to play this game, but everybody it heard the news. must have been public enough because it was yeah. written in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of that. And I, confirmed by other newspaper writers. I, I just think, again, it starts with the scheduling. Why they do schedule like that, I'd like to hear an actual answer. We'll hopefully have Kalani Takase on again this week, and I know we've talked to him about it before. There's just no justifiable reason. Again, it's one thing with the OIA versus versus ILH in these divisions, don't these games don't count for both. And I thought that was the reason we created, or they created, this three-tier system. So you'd have even games on the same level for the most part, right. and you, you would have them play each other, and why not have the games count? So from mm-hmm. back then, that was a really, to me, a really bad way of conducting business. Right. And you went this route to make it more exciting. Everybody's on board with this. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, the games don't count. Now we're not even scheduling against these schools. Now, Millie Lonnie had a game against Punahou and St. Louis this year. Uh, and none of those games will count. But they don't even play Kahuku. Uh, and they don't play Campbell. How, how is that right? And Millie Lonnie's having a great year. A really good year, and they're blowing because everybody Because they're up. not playing Kahuku and that's Campbell. Part, well, that's part of it. I mean, they beat Waipahu over the weekend 74-18. to 18. That game shouldn't have been scheduled. And right. they've been scoring 60, it seems like, every week. And even when they play Coppola in the open side, 56 nothing. okay, that'll happen. But And I don't think it's any one school's fault. But why these games, why the schedule is like this for any of these teams is beyond me. And it's just, it leads down to the safety factor, as we all agree, and you said. But it also, just the scheduling in itself shouldn't have been that way. I, I just don't understand that. Why, why, why have the system then? Why not just go back to D1 and D2 or just have everybody together like the old days if these games are going to be scheduled like this? Yeah, well... Here's the problem. Maybe I, I'm, I'm just guessing, you know what? This is kind of an outdated system. Let's have all the private schools in one league and all the public schools in another. That might be part of the problem. What this thing needs is this whole high school football, it really needs an enema. You don't have this problem in any other sports, but you need someone to come out and say, you know what? Uh, and I don't know who that is. Is it Warren Haruki in the Department of Education? Who's I, I don't know who who can do this, because what it really comes down to is a safety issue. But what this is is this is supposed to be a game for the kids, and for whatever reason, it's become a game for adults. Whether it's the people making the schedules, where are the athletic directors? Are all I can't believe all the athletic directors are happy with this. Going, yep, this is the way it should be. If I'm at if I'm at say Kalaheo and Kaiser, ah. Collar Hill lost 21 to 14. That's a football game. 
Um, it was a, a blowout with Damian and Iolani, but that just happened to be a, you know, that's more of a one-off by scoring 69 points. But if you're Waipahu and you're the athletic director, you're like, yeah, 74 to 18, uh, it was a good experience for us? No, it's not. What do you learn getting spanked 74 to 18? Absolutely nothing. There's no so, get, Yeah. Well, what I'm getting at is it, you, you have to get rid of the OIA and the ILH and have one league. You know, maybe the people from the OIA and the ILH, why can't you work together? I don't understand. Is it because somebody's going to be a boss of somebody else? I hope not. Why can't you have some kind of co-directors and whoever's in charge of the OIA and whoever's in charge of the ILH, you guys work together to make one league. You know, if you have to, go back to the old days and have a a rural league and a town uh, division, right? Rural division, town division. You know, in town, you're going to have Kamuki and Punahou and Roosevelt and St. Louis and McKinley and, you know, uh, the, the rural league, you've got Wailua. You have Kahuku, Kalaheo, Kailua. There's something going on, and I don't know. Not only do I not know what it is, I don't know why it is. Why is this, why what we're looking at, why is this a good thing? Who's looking at this going, yeah, all right, yeah, 74 to 18, just what we wanted. Woo! It's not a good thing. No, it doesn't. Of course, it's not. But it doesn't make sense to me. Who's who's profiting off of this? And I don't mean money, but who's gaining off of having such a bad product on the field? Who gains from that? No one. I I wish in my perfect world that they would go back to what they did. I don't know if it was what six years ago or so, give or take a year, when they created the three tier system, and everybody was excited because you look at the open and you have ILH and OIA not only playing against each other in the regular season where these games count, but they counted for both teams. And then you had some really good playoff action. You had a a true champion in each division. You still have the true champion, I guess. But it's kind of it's almost like an asterisk. Well, not an asterisk. It just it just doesn't make sense as we're both agreeing the regular season, but they had it right. I thought they had it right several years ago when they formed this and they played each other. Why they strayed from that, again, why, I don't know, but right. I thought it was really good a few years ago. I, I You said that already, and I, I believe you the second time, but the thing that I that, – here's an example of why it doesn't work. In Division – is it Division One or Two in the ILH? You have Pack 5 by themselves. So going into the season – Pack five is already in the playoffs. How does that make sense? Well, there aren't not. enough teams playing football in the ILH. There just aren't. Well, to have all these divisions. What so they do? It would make sense if you join up with the OIA. Heck, put in the MIL and BIIF. I don't know. I, it's it's crazy. Anyway, you know what? It's we got to get a traffic update here. It's 717. I'd like to request a song, Come On, Get Happy by the Partridge Family again, because <laughs> I need I need to pick me up. We'll be right back here on ESPN Honolulu. Don't forget, check out our YouTube channel or ESPNHonolulu.com for athletes with Cole Mausolf and a bunch of uh, different, uh, depending on what uh, episode you watch, interviews with student athletes over some great food. It's brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. 
Good morning. Keep listening. We got Rainbow Walking Day volleyball tickets to give away. Now, they're playing tonight on the road. They'll be back at the stand on Saturday, and we'll have your tickets for you in just a few minutes. So keep listening for that. Uh, thank you for the text. Uh, somebody says, summon Kurt Favela now. He will look into this. That's right. We're just standing by like a bunch of cheerleader. <laughs> uh, somebody says, this, what you're talking about, I'm guessing, is never going to happen. Uh, having one league. You think those Punahou, Kamehameha, St. Louis want to play out at Waianae, Nanakuli, Waipahu, etc.? They already think they're above the OIA anyways. No way. I mean, they play out, They play those schools in other sports. Yeah, I don't know if football. they would shy away from playing them. I mean, again, play teams on your own level regardless. And I'm not talking about so much the one league. I just wish they would play everybody in their own league <laughs> on their own level. That hasn't happened yet. <laughs> that, I'm just looking for a little bit of a start in that area. Yeah, just <laughs> a little bit of an improvement. That uh, Yeah, hey, you know what? Uh, we, we have this league you're in, but you're not going to play it in your league. Yeah. You're going to play the guys below you. And then you're going to play the guys across the street. But don't worry. That was not going to count. It's like that. This is like that uh, That skit. I don't know if you've seen on social media from Robin Williams talking about how they invented the game of golf. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about the state of high school football in Hawaii. This, and the, with, with golf, it's like it was invented by a guy. I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a, this little ball and hit it with a stick, and I'm going to put it down. I'm going to put it down. I, I got to hit the stick down this piece of grass, not into the little hole right there. The hole is going to be hundreds of yards away, and then I'm going to put some trees in front of it and some sand in the water just to really mess you up. That's kind of how they develop this state of high school sports, which we're in now. We got this division you're in, but don't worry. You're not going to play anybody in your division. It just looks good on scoring live with the logos next to each other. And then you're going to play the games, but you're only going to play the games that you can win by 50 or 60 points. That's how we get true entertainment. And we'll play the other guys, but don't worry. Those games won't count. People listening from the mainland must be thinking, what, what, what are you making a joke? What that? Come on! The problem is, it's all true. It is anyway, all true. It, it's just—I mean, there's not, there's nothing, there's no answers that we can get from anybody. And I don't—I wouldn't even know where to start. I'd like to start with a few athletic directors and see what they think. If you're an athletic director, you can text in anonymously and say, "Yeah, I agree, it stinks," or say, "You got your head up your butt. You don't know what you're talking about." Either way. I'd love reaction from somebody who's involved. Would love it. In the meantime, we can celebrate National Pasta Day. Ah. That's what it's come down. As Americans, we eat 3 million tons of pasta each year. So let's celebrate. I do my part. <laughs> Coming up in a few minutes, Jordan Helle from uh, Hawaii Football Now and Spectrum Sports uh, will be joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. 
And, you know, just one thing, one more last note on the uh, high school football thing. It seemed like they <laughs> took one step forward with creating the system and a big step backwards. And that's, I think, what makes it even more mind-boggling because everything we've been saying is really accurate. And we're getting a couple of texts at the Zephyr Insurance text line that the ILH will play everybody and then somebody else pointing out about Iolani doesn't want to play. But I'm looking at anybody's schedule. I mean, the ILH has – I'm looking at Punahou's schedule. Yeah, they played Mililani back in August. Uh, they play, obviously, the other – schools and they play Campbell but Punahou does not play Kahuku this year as as one example and that's but just, that's okay that's okay if Punahou doesn't play Kahuku they're in the different leagues well not really they're in the they're in the open division no there's an ILH division right well there's an ILH again that's even even weirder there's an ILH section or league but they're all in the open division they'll have an open division state champion uh late November I guess and oh, all these schools yeah, will but, be okay, together but, okay right but I'm I'm okay with the ILH playing the ILH and the OIA playing the OIA the champion of each open division plays for the state championship I'm okay with that it's not the best the best would be everybody plays together but that's not how it was designed. It's you don't you're not required to have an OIA team play an ILH team. It's never been that way. No, but it, but it, never. It, but it was set up that way. That's how it was set up initially. They were all together. Let's say in the open division, they played that's each in other. That's the state championship. No, no, in the state championship tournaments. But yes, they, it is. But but they played it, each it's other back in Tithamamia days. Even I'm it's talking about when the they got the open division. And they had the three-tier system. Everybody played each other, and the games counted. And you could have, for the state championship, conceivably, you could have had Kahuku and Mililani or Campbell, the state champion. It didn't have to be ILH-OYA. It was the two teams that advanced through the playoffs. Right, 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 right. Yes, I understand that. But it wasn't developed. You're, from what you're saying is they created this open division, and everyone was going to play everyone. That's true, but only in the state tournament. Only in the state tournament are you required everyone to play everyone. OIA will have four teams in. ILH will have one, one from the BIF, one from the KIF, uh, one from the MIL. That, that's that's your that's make the makeup of your state tournament. And yes, you're going to have two OIA schools in different brackets. And the way they designed it is so that the OIA could possibly play each other. For a state championship, hadn't worked out that way, but that was the design. But when you look in the open division, no, you didn't have the MIL or the BIIF. It was all the Oahu schools well, that were on that open level. Divi- sorry, they weren't open division teams. But what you had was Division One. You had that way, and Division Two. Well, may- maybe Kauai was only in Division Two. There's only like two teams on Kauai. Yeah, yeah. What I'm getting at is that what you're talking about is the HHSAA. I'm not there yet. I'm not talking about the HHSAA which is the governing body for state tournaments. We all understand that, correct? Yes. The HHSAA doesn't make the OIA or ILH schedule, right? Yes. Okay, so thank you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Thank you for texting in at 808-296-1420. The OIA is profiting. Fans from both sides drive all the way across the island. It's all about money at the maximum Division One team should only play two outer league teams. With high school transfer rules the way they are, it's a disadvantage for kids who are loyal trying to put on for their city. This is from a IAEA diehard. And you know if you live in IAEA, you look at the, the landscape, you look at rosters across the state of, uh, pro- of uh, other public schools. Hey, there's my neighbor. There's my other neighbor. There's my neighbor on Waipahu. He, he plays for Waipahu. 
my other next door neighbor, he plays for Mililani. Uh, this one says, uh, ILH Big Three always play the tough schools. Only Iolani is afraid to play big top schools. Gary is correct this time, Chris Hart. Well, Gary wasn't correct on the <laughs> on the open division. That's sure HHSAA. There's no but, the HHSAA does not make the schedule that we're looking at right now. So Gary is not correct. I, no, I'm sure I am. I didn't right, say that. I didn't when, say they make right, the schedule. So when you're, listen, when you're talking about the open schedule and everyone playing each other, that is a that is a that is um, that is a result from the HHSAA in tournament play. I'm not talking about tournament play. I wasn't either. So I was talking I, about the regular season schedule. When they formed the Open Division, everybody played each other in the Open Division. There were, what, six schools, and they would play the other five. And those games right. counted. So I am right. That's what I was saying. I wasn't saying about who made the schedule. I'm just okay. saying well, about I'm talking the, about, the I'm talking about. I'm talking about – what I'm talking about is the – we're talking about two different things. I'm talking about uh, just right now. I'm not talking about when or anything. I'm talking about right now the OIA is the, – the OIA is making their, – their athletic directors or whatever is making their schedule. Right, and so who are making all of these schedules? Is it the athletic directors? Is it the league? Who's making the game? Who made the schedules for the games? You know, first couple of weeks of the season. I don't know, but that's not that's not even, that's mm-hmm. something beside the point. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about I'm talking about the schedule, but I'm talking about the fact that they did have this set up. Right okay, way okay, I believe you. We're but you're saying about I'm not correct. Things. That's what I'm saying. That's what the okay. texter said. Okay, I understand. I'm talking about something. You're talking about something else. So. Uh, let's see. Next texture says, what determines which teams get into the playoffs? Maybe the powerhouses need a good wind record. <laughs> if they keep playing each other, some will get losses on the record. I think that's what they're trying to avoid. Uh, here's one. Isn't Gary right? There were those years that not long ago when the open divisions played each other, ILH, during the regular season. Yeah, that's right. Because they played each other, and if the OIA lost... Those didn't count on not your record. Not at the beginning, they did. They did count the first oh, year or two well, of that. Well, after a while, yeah, they didn't. It was, it was, it's gotten away from that for some reason. Um, for some reason, the OIA seems to have a lot of power because they have more schools. I don't know what it is, but where can you have these things set up? Where, like you said, Mililani will not play people in their own league. And if you play somebody in the ILH and you lo- you win, it counts. But if you lose, it doesn't count. What is that telling your kids? What is that telling you as you grow up? Hey, you know what? If good things happen, you get all the credit. If something bad happens, ah, it doesn't count. Do over. Do over. I At be- 7.33, we've got uh, UH football talk scheduled coming up next year on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM. And 14:20 a.m. I want to let you know about H Camp. That's the Hawaii Concussion of Management Awareness Program. Get it? H Camp. Uh, it's a great website. It's uh, you can learn all about uh, concussion awareness and how to recognize concussion symptoms. Check out the website. It's very informative and uh, it's quite entertaining too. You can visit HawaiiConcussion.com. We'll be right back. Great talking football. Let's switch a little bit to college football. Oh, by the way, I said Barry Helley. I'm sorry, was coming up next. I uh, lied. He's coming up next hour. Jordan, not Barry. 
Oh, Barry's not coming on? No, he can, we can try to reach out to him if you want. Ask Jordan if he can get his dad okay. on the horn. Okay. So we're only a couple of weeks away as we're heading to my the, idol. I love that guy's voice. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, we're Jordan not, and Barry. Yeah. We're not that far away from the first official college football playoff rankings, and we'll see how that plays out. What I find interesting when I look at, let's say, the AP top 25 right now, you don't have Alabama near the top, and they don't deserve to be. And I know Georgia's number one, but what I like about what I'm seeing right now, I don't think there's one team that you can say is going to be the national champion. And usually you have it down to about two, maybe three at this point. I think there are a number of teams that are going to be in contention, and more than just the usual two or three. Georgia, as great as they have been winning back-to-back championship, now their tight end, Brock Bowers, is going to be out four weeks minimum. That hurts them a lot. But even without that, I mean, they beat they beat Vanderbilt over the week, and I think it was by 17. Not a bad win, but not a dominating win to the worst team against the worst team in the SEC. And they've been number one all along. Michigan is a really good team at number two, and I think they've been great. But now they've got to play games against Penn State and Ohio State coming up. But even with Ohio State at number three, they didn't exactly blow out Purdue over the weekend. What I'm trying to say is I think there's a little bit of parity in college football, and I don't think there's just one, again, dominant team, which I think is good for the sport overall. But there are a number of teams, and what I what I made me think about this, Chris, is when we're going to get headed to that uh, expanded playoffs pretty soon, is that I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I know some people have said, well, you're not going to have any of these teams really contend for a title. Every year is different, and I don't think Alabama is one of those teams, but what about a Washington with what they've shown so far in beating Oregon last week, what a great game that was, they've got to be in contention. Yeah, USC had their one loss, but are they out of the picture? Maybe. Depends how they finish the rest of the year. I like that the sport, to me, is real healthy in that there's a lot of teams in contention, and that I like much better than the alternative, where there's usually Alabama, and who are they going to play? Is it going to be Ohio State or Georgia or Clemson, who hasn't been in the picture in a long time now? I like the fact that there's a couple of new teams on the block, and maybe Washington is one of them, even Florida State. And they've been good years ago, but Florida State having a great year. And I'm not giving the title to Georgia. Like, usually headed towards November, you pretty much know who's supposed to or going to meet in the 14 playoffs and even the championship game. I like that. It's more wide open this year. And I really do think that there's a number of schools in contention. Here's another one. Penn State. Penn State is undefeated. They destroyed UMass when they should have, 61 nothing. But they've got Ohio State this week. And I know people are going to think, and Ohio State is favored, of course. It's at Columbus. It's in Ohio. But I wouldn't write off Penn State either. Every time I've seen them, and who I haven't seen Penn them, State played? Who have they played? Well, who has Ohio State played? Who has Michigan played? Now they start playing no, each but, other. But, okay, but you're talking about Penn State. I'm not asking yeah. about Michigan or Ohio State. Who has Penn State played? I have to look at their schedule. I don't know if they played Nobody. any top 10 teams. Let me help you. Nobody. <laughs> but, who, but who has Ohio State played? Who has Michigan played? Michigan's played Bowling Green. Yeah. Again, it, 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 I mean, there's a lot of teams. There's seven teams that are undefeated. But nobody comes close to Georgia. Oh, sure they do. Without, without Bowers or with them. Nobody comes close to Georgia. But they already have. They already have. I think it was South Carolina that lost a close one. I mentioned Vanderbilt, and I know it's seventeen points, but right. they haven't been as dominant. I didn't. As they I don't know. I've been. I'm just. I, I can look at the final scores. I didn't see the game, so I can. You know, maybe it was a touchdown scored at the end of the game. Maybe they put in the uh, the reserves halfway through the game. Again, I mean, they've they're they beat Kentucky pretty convincingly, and Kentucky was nationally ranked. 
Kentucky was uh, pretty sporty. You didn't mention that. They, uh, they played not. Auburn yeah. and beat them. At least they've played <laughs> some better teams than Penn State. I don't, I don't think Auburn is that good. And Kentucky. Better than anybody Penn State played. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Who do you have on well, Penn State's schedule? Well, you should know. You're saying they're I, so good. I don't have the schedule in front of me. You do, so well, make your point. you have a you have a you have a mechanical toy in front of you like I do. Actually, uh, let's see. They played uh, Iowa. They blew out Iowa, but Iowa is not who we thought they were. Actually, they are. They're a ranked team, and they just beat Wisconsin on the road last week. That was an impressive win for Iowa. So I think they yeah, are who I we guess, thought okay, they were, what? but but they're not. They're I mean they're they're ranked twenty four now. Yeah, uh, and uh, they they blew them out. That's great, but at the same time, uh, it's it, you can't you can't look at Georgia and just say uh, it's it's this whole thing is up for grabs. Sure, in I my can. Opinion. Sure, I can. And I just did, and it is. They're not as dominant as they have been. Look at some of their scores, and maybe you're just looking at the – if you're going to assume that they were dominating in the first half and put in the reserves, well, that I don't think that's happened in a lot of these wins. I mean, you're trying to justify your point with something crazy like that, but that's not been the case in conference play. They have struggled right. a few times. I think what I think it's a little early because you're just getting into conference play for a lot of these teams to say – see, I don't know, this – you know – this team's better than this team, and that team's better than that team. It's boring. But, um, you know, with Florida State, they've played – they barely beat Boston College. They just got by Clemson, and Clemson's not who they used to be. They beat up on Syracuse, which is – you know, I thought Syracuse was better than that. But They beat yeah, LSU in the beginning of the season. That was a real impressive win. Yeah, that was. But that was it. I, again, I think you need to have, you know, because I'm saying if you're talking about these teams, I'm looking at somebody like Texas. Texas maybe is somebody who you should be talking about. Texas, you're looking at undefeated teams and saying it could be anyone's race. Texas lost a game, sure. They lost the red the, uh, a rivalry against Oklahoma and the last second by four. Otherwise, these guys are undefeated with wins over three nationally ranked teams. Talk about Texas, and I'll have a little bit more respect for your conversation. Well, thank you for that. I really want your respect. Uh, but the it's Texas... 7.45 with the animals here. On Go ahead. Texas, another team. I'm talking about a lot of teams in the mix. Texas is one. Oklahoma is one. That, my point is that there's a whole bunch of teams in contention. It's not just one or two or the usual suspect necessarily. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, folks, if you want to win $1,000 cash, you can uh, go to ESPNHonolulu.com and register to play Pigskin Picks. That's right. Uh, you can. Uh, it's brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Uh, weekly, we give away $100 gift certificates, too. So check it out and be a winner with ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Happy National Pasta Day. Somebody wants to talk about Major League Baseball this morning, Gary. We can get into that. I do want to get into the Rainbow Warrior basketball schedule. we got a big game coming up. I know it's an exhibition, but it's our first chance to see the Bows against nationally ranked St. Mary's. That's coming up on Friday. And we still have Rainbow Walking A volleyball tickets to give away. Yeah, so on the basketball schedule, we talked about it earlier, and it is a little I'm bit sorry, of sorry, we're going to get to that Major League Baseball. Okay, okay, here's some interesting news that just came out, and if you're following either of the uh, 
League Championship Series. This is interesting. The Texas Rangers just announced that Max Scherzer is going to start Game 3. Now, he's been injured for about a month, month and a half. And initially when he was out, they said he's done for the season. About a week ago, there was talk that they could include him on the ALCS roster because you get to do the rosters over for each round and that he could be available. I did not expect this to happen. And I'm glad for him. Uh, he is one of the best pitchers in the last 10, 20 years, if not top 20 of all time. He's been that great, been a World Series champ with Washington. That is just an additional boost for the Texas Rangers, who got a great performance again in game one with Jordan Montgomery. I'm a little surprised in a way that Texas has this lead because I thought experience, and I've said that a few times, experience in the playoffs I think does matter. When you got a lot of new guys on a team like Texas who haven't been playoff tested, I think it could make a difference as opposed to the Houston Astros who have been in the LCS seven years in a row. They have been in the final four of baseball seven years in a row. They don't have all the talent from years ago, but they got Justin Verlander back, who actually lost game one. I thought the Astros would be able to win at least a game in Texas. Right. And that, and, and I know what you're saying. I mean, it, but it's, experience isn't the only thing. No. I mean, back in the day, how many times the Atlanta Braves go to the World Series and lose, right? Yeah. Oh, even not even. Yeah, they've gone, but they always had a great team in the regular season. Yeah, that, right. that's, it, it, it's a, a factor. But I, I, Texas, again, is just on an incredible roll right now. And I think that's important to peak at the right time in the short series, especially the first two rounds. I don't think necessarily the best team wins. I still think the Braves are better than the Phillies. I still have no doubt about it. But in the five game series, the Phillies won three right. out of four, and that was it. That's how you get to advance. So give them credit. But the Texas Rangers, uh, again, undefeated. I mean, to beat Baltimore the way they did, who had a great regular season and sweeping them, I did not expect that. Now you get a Max Scherzer back, and you got some of these bats in the lineup. I mean, they are really dangerous. And with him starting game three, I don't think home field means that much in this series, going from Houston to Dallas and back and forth. So I don't know. I mean, the Astros will have more fans at home, but still, I, I think Texas is going to the World Series, and I did not think that 24, definitely not 48 hours ago, I think they're headed back to the World Series first time in, I believe, 12 years for them. And yeah. the Astros, unfortunately, might... Again, it's still not early, but they still have a chance. But down 2-0, it's going to be extremely tough, especially going up against Max Scherzer. All right, and the Phillies are up uh, one to nothing. We'll have that game for you this afternoon at 1.30 on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, I mean, I think the last thing... I don't want to say this, but it could be. I mean, the last thing that uh, Major League Baseball wants is a, is a, is a Texas Rangers... Arizona Diamondbacks World Series. Right. What? Sounds crazy, doesn't it, when you think about that from back in the beginning of the season or even the middle of the season, uh, especially Arizona. Although they did have a great start. They were like Texas. They were in first place the first month or two for the most part in their West Divisions. And then they both had a little bit of a slump, and now they're back. And Arizona... I believe they lost their last four games of the regular season. If it wasn't the last four in a row, it's four out of five. They almost backed into the playoffs. They didn't clinch a spot until the day before the regular season ended to even qualify. And look what they've done since then. A real young team with not a lot of familiar names, but give them credit. Maybe it's partly due to the bullpen coach, Mike Fetters, who is still with Arizona and helping their pitching staff. Uh, I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking liar. The baseball game is on CBS 1500 because we got Rainbow Wahine Volleyball this afternoon starting at 245 on ESPN Honolulu. We'll get into the uh, Rainbow Warrior uh, basketball schedule, UH football with Jordan Helle coming up, and a lot more. Also, those tickets to give away 
right around the corner. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Hope you're having a great National Pasta Day. Hey, you know what? I've got we got some we talk about some headlines, top stories we're kind of following. Here's one I didn't mention last hour. Flag football, Gary, and four other sports are headed to the 2028 Olympics. First I like, time ever. I like that, and I saw where Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, the other day. I think he was serious, saying he'd like to participate in that. And I'm I mean, the Tyree Kill might have been another or somebody else Ooh, uh, saying that. Tyree Kill would be really yeah, good. Yeah, he would be. But Gronk, I'm not sure. But I think it would make it almost more. Well, it would make it more so must watch. Yeah, you know that's going to get more of a, a more publicity, more hype. I should say more hype if you have a guy like Gronk yeah. involved. But let we should play. We should do it like basketball and have a dream team, the flag <laughs> football dream team, and then just for fun, throw somebody like Brett Favre, or Jerry Rice in there too. They could do another copper fit commercial. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so there's it's one of four sports. So yep. cricket is coming back after being out for like a hundred years. Uh, baseball, softball, baseball slash softball, lacrosse, and squash have been added. And I thought baseball and softball we heard were coming back, but I guess it's been made official. Uh, mm-hmm. Lacrosse, I think, is cool. I've always been a fan of it. I know it's not uh, what everybody is familiar with, but it's a pretty cool sport. But flag football well, is what it, caught my attention. See, I, at least lacrosse. Lacrosse is kind of like soccer. Yeah, you know, or, or, or rugby. Take this ball, put it in that puka, right? It's easy to understand. Cricket. We have no idea as Americans <laughs> what is going yes, on. Yes, 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 yes. That All is right, true. Other, we'll find out sto- soon. Other stories we're following. UH basketball schedule is out. Tickets are on sale. Season tickets, new season tickets for the Rainbow Wahine and Rainbow Warriors on sale now. E-Ticket Hawaii. Yeah, and, you know, the Diamond Head obviously had the quality teams that it normally does. And, you know, they'll have Portland in the first round, but you have TCU, Nevada, and some others. The schedule... Again, it, it's not what my, my people might have wanted, but it's been really tough to schedule teams. And I know a lot of teams this year have had a hard time coming out with a schedule earlier. We'll come back to that. Um, but anyway, St. Mary's uh, coming up in, on Friday. Exhibition game against St. Mary's. You can get your first look uh, at the guys, uh, the guys, at the new team. Well, the new members the of the team and the old guys. But uh, anyway, that'll be on the radio, too. Bobby Curran back behind the mic for UH Basketball. Uh, let's see here. It's game day for the Rainbow Walking A volleyball team. You can catch Hawaii against, oh, my gosh, UC Davis? UC Davis. UC, UC Davis. Davis today at 245. We'll be giving away. You know what? Call in right now. Liz, text me when you get a winner. Call in right now because I'm going to keep forgetting. Let's give away those tickets. You want to go to a, you know, free tickets to a volleyball game? Got two of them. Be caller number 2, 808-296-1420. And uh, we'll just text you the tickets. It's super easy. All right, we mentioned Major League Baseball playoffs. Uh, Cowboys are now 4-2. And, two. and uh, let's go back to the Rainbow Warrior basketball schedule. So uh, it came out, and it took a long time to come out. I guess it took a long time, not just for Hawaii, but uh, for everybody in the Big West to get their schedules out. And the um, we are what we already knew is the Rainbow Classic – which really is not what it used to be. Um, it's not going to happen this year. So we're not going to start 
play until we play UH Hilo in a game that counts on November, what, 14th? 14th. And then a week later they play Northern Arizona. Yeah, so you're allowed to start playing November 6th. They do have earlier start to hopefully help schools uh, because of the expanded conference schedules, which has happened almost all around the country. And teams are starting in December in almost every conference. Hawaii starts their Big West uh, Conference on December 30th. But it is getting a little bit tougher, to say the least. There's a lot more preseason tournaments, so it makes it tougher. Uh, I'm just glad we have a schedule. And I'm looking at it this way. We often complain about the football team losing the basketball schedule. Schedule. I'm trying to look at the positive. We got sports, and I do remember uh, how <laughs> it was, was two big, years ago. That was a big positive. Well, it we, is. at least we have sports. Well, because two years ago we didn't have sports, and I remember I know, what was it was two like. Two years that, ago, and you've been saying that every year when the schedule comes out. Well, at least we have sports. Yeah, well, I think that's something that people should look at. Maybe the glass being half full instead of always looking at something negative to complain about. I'm mm. just glad basketball is back. And well, okay. we're not complaining. We're fine. It, it's 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 just a game. Stop it. Well, it's a game. It's a game. Okay, I just got a text in my ear. Wayne from Mililani, congratulations. Thank you, Liz. Uh, congratulations, Wayne out in Mililani got his volleyball tickets. And, okay, so, look, you know, we're going to play Northern Arizona. I don't know anything about Northern Arizona. And, it, okay, maybe we're going to play Arkansas Pine Bluff or Adams State or something. We don't know anything about these guys anyway. It's been like this for a while. But what does it matter if we and, know and anything? I don't think it's just preseason tournaments. Nobody wants to travel to Hawaii. And I think Stephen Sy wrote about this. Nobody wants to travel to Hawaii unless you're going to give me a lot of money or I'm going to be on national TV. That's it. Well, the, the, Otherwise, no need. Well, there's no need, but I think it's, it's it, it used to be more of a recruiting tool. I don't know if that matters much anymore. <laughs> but I think the West Coast schools wouldn't mind if they can get a home-and-home home out of it at times. And we've had that before with, like, UCLA. Well, not UCLA at home, but we've had some schools come here and go back. Mm. It doesn't happen long that much time anymore. Ago, though. Wasn't that a long time ago? It was ago? a while ago, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's it's changed. It has changed. It's it's just changed. They don't want to play basketball in Hawaii. I don't think that they so don't what, want to play. It's just that there are factors why they shy away from it. It's not that they're against I, coming here. I don't think they schools. want to fly four hours or five hours for a preseason game. But it's I not preseason. I mean, you're talking about oh, non-conference, you mean? Non-conference oh, okay. game. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. They don't want to fly. Hey, you know what? I'd rather I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in San Diego. I'm gonna go play in L.A. City. We'll hop on a bus or get onto a 20-minute plane ride. Go play them and come home. And and that's okay. So if this is going to be the case, and if this is going to get worse every year, what do you do about it? If you're the University of Hawaii. Well, we'll ask Aron Ganat about that tomorrow. He'll join the we show. We talked about it. We talked about it during the break. What else are you gonna do? You're going to have to schedule some road games. That's yep. part of it. Yeah. Okay. So what you're going to have to do is if you're going if, – because if you if people don't show up for games, which would be sad because you should be showing up to root on your school, <laughs> not showing up depending on who the opponent is. But um, if people if, – if attendance starts to drop because you're playing regular season games against Hilo and HPU and some of these other ones – well, you got to make that revenue up somewhere. 
And, you know, you can say, well, we need the revenue for home games. Well, not if they're not, if the, the, the attendance goes down. You know, so you're going to have to play more teams on the road. I don't know if they, do they have body bag games per se in basketball like they do in sure. football? Oh, sure. I, I, a friend of mine used to be the coach at um, Loyola, Maryland, and one year he played Duke. Duke and Carolina back-to-back because he got 350000 This was 10 years ago, but he got 350000 for each game. Michigan State the year. They, he did it just for the money. They knew they were going to lose, but they would play these top 20 schools. So you get schools that will do it, and you'll get the Dukes and the Carolinas and you know some of the other top teams that will play teams. I think – I mean – Look at dude. They'll play teams that aren't that good either. I think just to get a win, part of it, and also just to fill their schedule. You don't want to play too tough of a schedule. You don't right. want to have all top twenty teams well, if you're those schools. And for those guys, you get to play your depth. You get to work on things for when the regular season starts. So it makes sense. So if Hawaii, you know, I would think that even on your if on your schedule, and you're recruiting, you're like, well, you can go to us or Colorado State. But hey. You know, you can see how you match up against Duke and North Carolina. We got them in the next few years. Or see how you match up against, oh, I don't know, somebody like Syracuse, although they didn't go to the tournament last year. Somebody like Purdue or Tennessee or whatever. You know what I mean? Hey, you know what? We At least we play some teams, see how you match up. And, and you know, I think that would be quite, that would be quite attractive yes. to a recruit, I would think. I would think also just playing those schools, regardless of how you match up, which is important, yes, but also just to be able to say, hey, I played against Duke or I even went right, to Duke and played the game. that's what I'm saying is how you, as a basketball player, play against a, a, a team like Tennessee. You might get that on tape. That's going to help out in, you know, basketball after college maybe. That could. I don't think that would be the, the first factor. It's not like football then? Mm, not... That's how they do it in football. If Hawaii's playing against Michigan and you got all these big plays mm. against these big schools – that goes a long way uh, come draft time. You're saying not so in basketball. No, I don't think that would be the okay. reason why you would schedule a game or like that. No, 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 no. Or the, the player's I'm perspective. I don't think that I'm would saying be. come later on if you're, you know, someone in Europe is looking at you. That doesn't matter if you play good against a, a top team in the country. It'll matter. Because it, it does in football. You're saying it doesn't happen in basketball. I don't, it, it probably matters a little, but it's not what teams are going to be looking at more. They're going to be looking at the body of work, skill set, and stuff like that more. So uh, I, I wish they could – I mean, I, I don't know the exact reason, but I wish they could play maybe schools in the Mountain West. You know, another group of five mid-major conference that's better than the Big West. Yeah. And you have a San Diego State that went to the championship. But you've got the Utah States. You've got the Boises. You've got other schools that are pretty good. Right, I don't know why guys, they can't schedule some of those games. I just don't know the reason. They don't want to fly here. They don't want to fly here. Well, <laughs> I don't know if it's so much that. I mean, like San Diego State, for example, they were they were supposed to play the Diamond Head with, during COVID, and mm-hmm. they come here usually every four years. Now they're going to Maui. So it's not right. that they don't want to come here. It's just that you they have why, other Gary? options. I, I, I aforementioned reason they're coming here. They'll come here for a lot of money, or they'll come here for a national television coverage. That's the only time San Diego State comes. That's the problem. It's it's how I started this conversation. But I don't think that's necessarily true for a group of five, or Mountain West schools. Let's just say they're not, they're not going to be going somewhere. We, just, we can't even get anybody in the Sun Belt. I'm not sure where Central Arkansas is, but they get them. They're coming to town. So uh, mark your calendar, December third. They got three Sunday games in a row. I noticed as well, and maybe those are good for crowds. But you know, you mentioned earlier about you know dwindling attendance if you can't get a schedule and you got to go on the road. But th- th- unfortunately, the crowds even a little before COVID, you're not getting six, seven thousand a night almost ever, except this is a big event. 
like maybe a theme night or a senior night, uh, maybe an Irvine game. You know, when they're both maybe in first or second place, they've averaged right around thirty five hundred, four thousand. At Is best. it down to thirty five hundred? As far as turnstile, I, I I don't I'm almost positive they didn't get they didn't average over four thousand last year at turnstile. Um, it, it just been like that again. I don't think COVID's the factor that it was two, three years ago. And we had a good team last year. We did, and yeah, I, I think. And I'm surprised at that in conference play because conference play, you might say, well, nobody's ranked, but you still got the Irvines and the Santa Barbaras, and some of those games are fantastic, right. and they're pretty good matchups, and they're the rivalries developing with some of these schools. But for some reason, and I hear, well, it's a weeknight. But everybody in the country plays on weeknights, and I don't yeah. think they get a lot less fans for those games. But it yeah. has been dwindling, unfortunately. I don't go on weeknights. It's just I work the next day, and I work early. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guilty of that, too. I don't go to games. I don't go to volleyball on weeknights. I go to, I, you know, when I go to a game, I, it's got to be a Saturday for me. I understand. But at the same time, man, basketball's fun. It's short. It's exciting. There's always action. They got nachos. I would think the students would. I would think the students just pack that place. You get in free. There's hundreds of students that live on campus. It's got to be something to get them down to the Stan Sheriff Center. You know what? Give everybody a coupon for like a buy one get one free nachos, buy one get one free chicken strips, something like that. You might take a hit at concessions. Get some butts in the seats. Yeah. Those guys don't mind getting out of there at nine o'clock. They very rarely go past 9 o'clock unless you go into overtime. They don't. And there have been times when we've had a good number of students. And I think the biggest crowd for students was when Jamie Smith was here uh, way back right. when. But even with despite that, sometimes well, they'll give out church. What did they do? Why don't you go back to doing what Jamie Smith did? Yes. You go, go take some grassroots efforts, go door to door with more sec, and have him invite people to games because it's – they weren't showing up because it was Star Wars night. They were showing up because they, they they felt a part of the team. Here's my classmate that's come into my room saying, hey, I'd love for you to come root me out. Okay, let's go. Let's go, ladies. We'll go down to the game, make a sign or something like that, and root them on. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you get. I would also, if I'm the University of Hawaii, and I hope Captain Fun is listening, is really come out. You're, you got season tickets on sale. You know what? Hawaii's expected to be the second best team in the mount in the Mountain West in the Big West Conference. That's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal. Pump that up. I mean, we're front runners here. Face it. If we're not any good, people don't go. If we're good, it doesn't matter. They'll start coming out. And I said, I'll say, I said it once, and I'll say it again. A lot of us complained about the football schedule in 2007. Well, that worked out pretty well, didn't it? Not for Herman Frazier, but for everybody else. It's 16 minutes after here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, coming up next, we're going to switch to Rainbow Warrior football with Jordan Helle. Uh Barry Helle couldn't make it, I guess. <laughs> so Jordan Helle is uh, going to join us here on ESPN Honolulu. If you want to catch UH football, maybe college football or the NFL, Check out the big new video wall at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar right there at Leeward Bowl. They got the Leeward Bowl Bar and Grill, and right next door is 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar. It's two, two, two bars in one. Uh, check it out. Awesome menu specials, too. It's the place for UH college and NFL football. 
Hey, I wanted to mention this. Uh, the um, We had Glenn Higa, who's uh, with the Hawaii Parkinson Association, a couple of weeks ago. But we got the Hawaii Parkinson Walk 2023. It's coming up right around the corner, November 5th at Magic Island. And uh, if you want more information, uh, go to um, parkinsonhawaii.org. But it's a good, fun, casual walk around Ala Moana Beach Park. And it's for a great cause. Go ahead. Let's talk some University of Hawaii football. Joining us now on ESPN Honolulu, he's the co-host of Hawaii Football Now, the great podcast with himself and uh, Hunter Hughes, also with Spectrum Sports covering UH football, also high school football. Jordan Helle joins the show. Jordan, great to have you on. And let's start with the start of game. In your opinion, in your observations, why has Hawaii had a tough time scoring or getting un, 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 in sync in the first quarter of many of these games lately? Boy. Oh, Gary, I, I wish I knew. I wish I, I think I, I think the coaches wish they knew. Um, it, it's one of those things, you know, it has become obviously a troubling trend for this group and to, to go down 17-0 and to dig yourself out of that. Um, boy, you'd kind of like to see that sort of execution and, um, you know, so, some of that momentum before you get down in a big hole. I, it, it's, I don't know if it's just a matter of settling into games. You could argue that the defense was ready to go from the beginning. Uh, maybe not so much for the special teams and the offense, right? For the for the most part, the defense early in the game, I think, held up their end of the bargain, forcing the field goal after the blocked punt. Um, you know, obviously a pick six is part of that, that equation that got them to the, the 17-0 hole. Um, it, it, it's, I, I don't know if it's a matter of sort of just, going out and, and throwing your best stuff forward as opposed to trying to feel the game out and, and more just come out swinging as opposed to kind of feeling out your opponent, uh, maybe more from an offensive standpoint. You know, they've, they've tried to establish the run. Uh, obviously, we saw them put it in the air 47 times on Saturday um, and arguably, uh, you know, maybe at times look the best as they've had throwing the football. I wonder if I, – I think about this, if this could be a factor – the fact that at the beginning of these home games, at least, the stands aren't exactly full. I wonder if, you know, we've heard, we hear that, you know, the team feeds off the crowd. Do you think that's anything to do with some of their slow starts? And I know this has happened on the road as well where they've mm-hmm. had slow starts. But at home, the stadium gets rocking a little bit later in the game. But at kickoff, it's not exactly full at times. I just think that maybe the team maybe can get, you know, off to a better start if they have that fan support in a rocking stadium, at least at home. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it would hurt, right, um, providing a little bit of that energy. Um, like you said, it, it hasn't been just the home thing. They've done it on the road, uh, whether it's the UNLV game, uh, some of the others as well. I, I think, you know, part of that is, is, is a mentality. Part of that is, is just finding a way, right, creating your own breaks at times. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, having, having a bit of that early support, it, it, it sure wouldn't hurt. Um, but that's that's kind of the nature of the beast, right? And and uh, I don't know if that's changing anytime soon. But uh, you know, for for these guys that have you know some of them that played in front of empty stadiums uh, for, during their tenure here at, at Ching, you know, a little bit's better than nothing. That's for sure. I guess so. Sure. You know, a lot of people obviously focused on the quarterback position and Braden Shager in the final three quarters on side. They had over 400 passing yards. Not a great first quarter, but I thought he had a really good game and maybe showed signs of improvement overall with the run and shoot, quicker release, and some of those aspects. Your thoughts on Braden Shager? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, Gary. You know, it, it's 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 so interesting because you watch that game and it's like 
you feel almost more encouraged uh, or feel very encouraged while also massively disappointed because of how often they seem to shoot themselves in the foot. But, but I, I think your observation is, 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 a, is an accurate one. Uh, getting the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker. Those deep shots have been there all season long, right? And it was pretty evident early on that Stephen McBride could run right by those corners all night if he wanted to, and he did. Um, mm-hmm. But to see him, to see him take some of those quick arrows out of the slot, right? The, to see him take uh, some of those quick speed outs out of the slot, uh, to see him hit some of those corner routes, those sail routes to the slot receivers, to see him take some of those quick hitches, uh, to see them be a little more efficient in the red zone as well. Um, it was it was really encouraging, and I thought they took a bit of a step in that sense. Obviously, putting the ball on the ground, obviously that throw into the flat in the first or what was it, the beginning of the second quarter, he's going to want back. Um, right. But if they can avoid some of those catastrophic mistakes, well, you saw a lot of good. You saw a lot of good on Saturday, and the other one, the other big factor, I thought that uh, you know will show up in the box score just the one sack, uh, and they had been averaging what like four sacks a game, right? Uh, uh, given up and, and to, to to keep Shager clean like that on darn near fifty dropbacks, basically, right? I think he had a couple of scrambles. Um, yeah. um, you can see what happens, right? When they protect the quarterback and to help out the line when they get the ball out of his hand quickly, and, and so much of that is feel and comfort and trusting what he's seeing, and to do that after he threw that pick into the flat, right? You saw him go back through that area of the field even after the pick six. I thought said a lot about his maturity and his ability to kind of shake that off. Uh, which I thought was was very encouraging and, and, and hopefully bodes well for the future going forward. You know, and, and I like the fact in the last few games where we didn't see it in the beginning of the season, Jordan. We're talking with Jordan Haley, um, uh, Hawaii football now in Spectrum Sports, We where he just, you know, take off and run with it. And he can, you know, and he can gain a few yards or even a couple of, you know, that little, uh, the little play, the little, um, what do you call that, the run option deal. I mean, that's become something that's become a little bit of a weapon when you need a first down. So it's it's kind of weird because isn't this how we felt after the Vanderbilt game? Oh, we hey. had him right where we want him. We'd come back at the end. Oh, just a little short. Hey, Jordan, who would you have, at least on defense, as your first half MVP? Yeah, Peter Monoma played great, right? Um, yeah. and, I, and I think we've seen some of the maturation of him early on in the season. We saw a few... Uh, you know, lack of maturity penalties. Uh, my guy was averaging what, like one fifteen yarder a game, uh, and I think he's reined that in. And, and it wasn't necessarily you wanted him to cut down on the fire; you wanted to cut down on the aggressiveness. But uh, I think he's he's learning to harness a lot of that passion and a lot of that uh, fire that he plays with. Um, and he and Mickey Pay, especially against the team where you know you're going to get a lot of run game, you're going to get a lot of power run game, and to have your safeties be able to come up and play like they did uh, in supporting that run, and obviously you know, some of the play-action game kind of came back uh, and hurt them in the second half. But I thought those two guys in particular, and obviously Monomal was, was just all over the field and, and um, really kind of set the tone early on for that defense. 
Brady Hoke was on with us last week, and he said one of the things that concerned him about his team going into the Hawaii game was the lack of turnovers that they their team got. Well, they took care of that on Saturday <laughs> night. I, I saw a graphic over the weekend as well with Hawaii going, at least well, after the interception by Peter Manuma, is that they had only two interceptions all year and only six sacks all year. How do you increase those numbers? I don't think, I mean, it's easier said than done, of course, but your thoughts on the lack of pressure and sacks and the turnovers. Yeah, they only had two tackles for loss as well on Saturday. No sacks. The the one interception. That's been that's been tough for them, right? Because if you can force turnovers, that makes up that covers up for a lot of uh, mistakes on the other end, right? Just look at San Diego State. They gave a four hundred something passing yards. Uh, routinely got beat deep. Uh, allowed Shager, as you pointed out, to throw for over four hundred after the first quarter. But you can make up for a lot of that if you force turnovers. If your defense scores. Uh, and so Hawaii just hasn't been able to do that, right? And all of a sudden, defense becomes so much harder to play when you're not creating a big play, when you're not stealing possessions back for your team. And, and I know it's been a point of emphasis for Jake Yoro, and I know that he has you know, spent a lot of time trying to scheme that up. And, and whether it's bringing more pressures, whether it's getting a little more aggressive, whether it's gambling a little bit more, right, uh, leaving yourself a little more exposed on the back end, uh, finding ways to get after the quarterback uh, and force pressured throws, force uh, him to be a little careless with the football, whether that's finding ways to, to strip the ball out of there, right? And so it's it's something you can work on. It's something you can manufacture. And then part of it's going out and making plays, right? And and there we've seen at times this year where they've had opportunities to, to come up with picks that, that weren't taken advantage of. Uh, we've seen some times this year where the ball just doesn't bounce their way. And it's it's one of those strange ones where, you know, the this year they, they just haven't been able to create that pressure. And, and up, that's partly up front, right, trying to get some of those guys uh, uh, loose a little bit, uh, some of their more uh, experienced pass rushers like a Windenhole Huli, like, uh, you know, Kahabai, well, some of these guys. But, yeah, it, they just got to find a way to, to, to speed up the clock a little bit, I think, for the quarterback and, and try to create some, some uncomfortable situations in that sense. And that, that may be, we, we'll see them. And it's not like they haven't, but, you know, even yeah. more so maybe rolling up the dice. Yeah, I thought they did actually have they didn't have sacks, but there was some pressure and some messy pockets mm-hmm. for San Diego State. Hey, but you know what? One snap and clear. Let's move on. What do we know about New Mexico so far, uh, Jordan? Uh well, New Mexico is another team that, that 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 that'll like to run it a bit. They're, mm-hmm. I think, you know, amongst the bottom third of the conference. Uh, I think that's pretty evident by the fact that Hawaii's favored on the road. They open. The game opened as a pick uh, last I checked this morning. Hawaii was a one-point favorite. Uh, nice. And, you know, for, for a team that's, uh, what, what is Hawaii now, two and five or, or whatever it is, uh, they, uh, to be favored on the road, that kind of says a lot about the opponent, right? Uh, and and I, this, this is kind of the stretch, right? This is the stretch of the season. These four games, we're going to kind of make or break it, I think. Uh, New Mexico, uh, San Diego State last week, San Jose next week, and then the trip to Reno. Uh, first week in November. Those were four very winnable games. Uh, and to go three and one in those four games, I think was going to set them up at least in a position to, to maybe threaten bowl eligibility. Obviously losing the first of those four games isn't ideal. Uh, mm. but, uh, this is, it's a, it's a road trip. It's at altitude. It's not great, uh, in terms of that. But, uh, in terms of the opponent, this is a really winnable game, uh, for mm. the University of Hawaii. And if they can take care of the football, I, I think they've got a really good chance of coming back home with a win. We got him right where we want him. Jordan, we appreciate you coming on every week, and uh, thank you very much. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, guys. Take care.
All right, that's Jordan Helley. Hawaii Football Now is the very popular podcast. You can check it out on ESPNHonolulu.com. You can uh, look at his beautiful face on Spectrum Sports as well. It's 834 with the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu, inviting you to check out our YouTube page or uh, ESPNHonolulu.com for Athletes with Cole Mausoff, brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. got joe crockett's going to join us in seven minutes here on espn honolulu uh joe is from uh, dixie do you see my instagram post i was at dixie grill yesterday oh i didn't see that you didn't see that no i was i had a i had a frickle you ever had a frickle no what a are the fried pickle oh those <laughs> are popular though aren't they it's it's really good anyway hey uh check this out you're probably wondering around now uh, because uh, you know, do kids go trick or treating at your house? Um, I'm never home much, but it's not like it. You, you don't even see them in the neighborhood like you used to. Hardly yeah. anybody's well, see, ever like walking around. Our, our, we have a fuddy duddy association that runs our neighborhood. They don't allow trick or treating in our neighborhood. Really? There's no fireworks. Not allowed. It's a bunch of old people. I'm telling you, no trick or treating. How 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 do you wrong ban with that? Trick or treating, yeah, it's against the rules, so we don't have trick or treating. But uh, if you live in a neighborhood where people still trick or treat, I mean, most people just go to the mall. I think right. Um, the most popular Halloween candy last year, by the way, in this country, we spent three and a half billion dollars on Halloween candy, <laughs> according to a study. At candy.com. <laughs> That's the name of the That website. in itself is funny. The number one, the number one, um, the number one uh, Halloween candy? Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Ah. They're in a little bit of trouble these 16 years days. in a row. Wow. 16 years in a row, they've been number one. It's followed by M&M's, Hot Tamales. Wow. Skittles and ew, candy corn. That's an old. That's an old staple, Ugh. I guess. For no Snickers in there. You didn't have Snickers. No, Snickers is uh, is is on the list, but it's a little bit down the list. Wow. But they even have a. They have. I, I saw this, and I don't know how they do this, but if you're uh, if you're you know giving out Halloween candy, and you run out of M and M's, you can call a phone number. And someone will deliver more M and M's to your house. Oh come on, How's DoorDash, that? something like it, Uber I guess. Eats? Wow, I guess. I mean, if I run out, it's like turn off the porch light and close the door. But is that only on Halloween? Or can I do this tonight and say I'm out of M and M's? I think it's only on Halloween. <laughs> wow. Hey, I got something for Halloween that's really bizarre. In Beverly Hills, there's a law that is being enforced. They have outlawed silly string, shaving cream, and similar items for the 24-hour period for people under 21. In Beverly Hills, if you are in possession of silly string or shaving cream, you will be arrested or get a citation or a ticket to, quote, create a safe family environment, a safe family-friendly environment. The city of Beverly Hills came out with it. Extra cops will be out looking for the violators. (laughs) That's an actual article. 
I know, but they're just looking for troublemakers. Yes. So, yeah. so but toilet paper is still okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, how are you going to ban somebody from that? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> did they? Did you say eggs? If they're walking around no, with eggs? No, it should have been. It just says silly string shaving cream, but it says similar items. So maybe that does consist of eggs because eggs is usually you know kind of uh, goes hand in hand with Halloween for some people. Yeah, that's the yeah. You don't see that anymore. Do people in Hawaii? They don't really do that kind of stuff. No, do you don't. I mean, thankfully not, I guess. But um, just even the trick or treaters part. I mean, it just. I don't know. I don't want to say it's sad, but it used to be a really big deal. And I, well, I, I you the, know, you, the world we live in now yes, too. Yes. You know, let's poison kids and let's do. You know, I mean, it's you. Just, you just can't. People are weird. They're weird. We used to, I used to see razor blades and apples uh, every now and then or hear the stories growing up. That happened Right. Too so much. if you're going trick-or-treating, well, something happened last year uh, here in Hawaii where somebody actually put something in a in a, in a a candy or something like that. It's like, well, right. what do you get out of that? That's I crazy. know. I know. It's uh, 843. We're the sports animals. Uh, we will be right back on uh, kind of wrap up uh, the deal here on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Happy Taco Tuesday. What's a taco? We'll get into that in a second. Joe Crockett joins us. He's the general manager. You hear him on the radio all the time. He's the GM at Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. Good morning, Joe. Aloha. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on again. All right, on. Hey, you know, I was just talking. Uh, Gary was asking me about my uh, post on uh, social media yesterday about the frickle. And the frickle is a fried pickle, and it is the most popular appetizer item at Dixie Grill, isn't it? It is 100% our top-selling starter. It's our pickle spear that we put a little egg wash, put some panko on it, throw it in the deep fryer, and then we uh, pair it with our house-made sriracha sauce, and that's why we serve it. And it is our number one requested thing here at Dixie. Mm. Yeah, I was uh, I was there yesterday, and a couple of people uh, already had a couple of orders uh, right at the opening. It was like people were waiting to get inside to get the frickle. Hey, what are some other? Okay, tell folks if they haven't heard, uh, if they're new to the show about Taco Tuesday. What goes on on Taco Tuesday? What can folks get today? Well, Taco Tuesday, we decided to do a little Southern play on taco, so we're not a taco shop. But we're just a southern barbecue shack tucking stuff in tortillas. You can get either our brisket, our pork, our shrimp, or our catfish. You can get those individually, or you can get them a platter of all four, or you can get them in a trio by themselves as well. (laughs) And so what's in it? So if I have some catfish, what else is tucked in there? I'm trying to picture what this looks like for the folks. So our catfish taco is served with a little bit of our, it's like a lemon-lime aioli with some coleslaw. And then Ooh. our shrimp taco is served with our house-made pineapple pico. Mm-hmm. And our brisket and pork both come with the pineapple pico and some cilantro. So they're really good flavors all mixed in together. And all this just tucked into a tortilla. You know, the thing about Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack is that it's not a franchise there's a lot of franchise barbecue places around but this is really the oldest and uh, i guess the most original uh uh barbecue place around because you guys joe have a lot of unique food items give us one more that you have that you won't find other places 
Well, one more that I guarantee you won't find anywhere else is our stuffed brisket potato skins. So it's a potato skin that we deep fry, then we top it with our brisket, our house-made brisket sauce, melted cheese, bacon, and green onions. Ho, 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 ho. I want one. Gary's in. Gary's all in on that one. All right. Hey, folks, uh, check out your uh, NFL and UH football viewing as well. You can go to a place where they turn the volume up. You can hear the game. And, uh, you know, the holidays are coming up. And let me get this one plug in here, Joe. Uh, Holidays, uh, office parties. Looking for a fun place to have an office party? Uh, call. Go ahead and call Joe at Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. Uh, maybe gift certificates. We'll probably have a big gift certificate special uh, coming up as well at Dixie Grill. So, uh, you know, hey. What, what do you give the person who has everything? You give them a little south in their mouth. Joe, anything else you want to add for the folks? To the folks? Well, no. Well, just for the gift certificates, uh, this year we're doing you get four $25 gift certificates and you get a $20 one for yourself. And like you said, give those gift certificates away. Have them come in and put some south in their mouth. <laughs> Thank you, Joe Crockett, Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. Talk to you later, brother. Thanks, brother. You guys have a great day. All right. That sounds pretty good. The, it does. The, the loaded skins brisket thing. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Joe's a good guy. Go, uh, go by. I mean, he's the only guy. He's like 6'8", and his beard is like six feet long as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool. Anyway, so today we got Rainbow Wahine Volleyball uh, looking to pick up another win on the road. You can catch that game. The broadcast starts at 2.45 this afternoon here on ESPN Honolulu. And then a short homestand for them. They'll be playing on Saturday against UC Riverside. We gave out some tickets earlier. Uh, just a one-game homestand before they hit the road again. So the regular season, at least at home, is starting to dwindle down. I believe there's only five more home matches. So it's getting oh, really? down there. Yeah, it's getting down there. Gosh. It's almost November already. So well, getting close to November, at least, anyway. Well, so. they play till the end of November. We only have five more home matches. Well, they've been, they had the Big West tournament. So they'll. I think they play the Big West tournament Thanksgiving week in Long Beach. So I believe C your night, if I'm not mistaken, it might oh. be November 18th, but they play the weekend of the 4th and the 18th, you know, every other week, basically. Oh, so, man. So it is I haven't been, to get, been, been able to get to many games at all. I gotta make, I gotta get there. But, uh, hey, you know what? Paula Gershing, she came out of nowhere. All the, she had a lot of slam downs on this road trip so far. Yeah, we're, we're seeing, not, not seeing, not seeing players emerge because we heard a lot about her at the beginning and, you know, good player, but we're seeing more right, than just but Amber. Not the performances that she had. We're on seeing, the, we're on seeing the road. improvement with some of these players, right? Some of these young players that, you know, you know, uh, Tali Hawkins has had a, a really good season, a really good start. I know she's obviously got thoughts in Israel and things that are going on there, but we're seeing other players step up. Um, and we know Amber IGD and Kate Lang are going to do their thing every night. Riley Wagner's had a really and good season. And Kaylin Alexander. Yeah, again, we've got got a lot of weapons on this team and that's why i mean a six and two is still a good record and again they lose to santa barbara on the road in five they'll play them coming up home in uh november but i i think there's just a, such a fine line between winning and losing at time and not only that you look at the record of six and two versus eight no for santa barbara uh it's still two matches behind but the thing is with that is that you've got long beach cal poly and davis right in that mix as well at six and two and five and three it might not matter much you're basically 
realistically kind of playing for seeding in the Big West tournament. It would be nice to win the regular season, but from everything we have been told and heard and seen, we're not going to get in that large in the big uh, national tournament out of the Big West. So for Hawaii, you got to win those again, like we say in basketball, three days in March. Well, it'll be three days in November as far as beginning it, getting to advance to the national uh, national tournament. And it's not going to be easy. It's neutral court. Long Beach State will be playing on their home court, so it's not neutral for them. Uh, I, I hope they can make it back to the tournament, but I don't. I think the road gets more difficult almost every year for them as far as conference play. Right, and that's the scary part, right? Yes. We don't want to be, you know, it was before in, in, in say, football. You know, the bottom feeder, feeders were always New Mexico, Utah State back in the day, New Mexico State. I mean, Utah State was horrible in football. You could always count on a win against Utah yeah. State. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Hawaii became that team. That's what we that's what I'm afraid of and that was my whole rant yesterday is Hawaii has to continue to be dominant in women's volleyball in the Big West. Right now, we you heard it from Scott Robbs. He said, uh, you know, who are the good teams? Who's the best team? He said, I think there's four best teams. Oh, that's not good. That's not good for, you know, the place that needs to be the mecca of volleyball. I is, think and again, again, it's, it's, it's something where, look, we're up and down in basketball. We're up and down in football. We're up and down in you name it. You know, we've had a couple of up years in women's basketball. We've got two sports that we rely on to be dominant in, and that's men's and women's volleyball i don't want to be one of four good teams in women's volleyball we need to go back to the back to the mountaintop and dominate well take it one game at a time and that's going to start this afternoon 245 broadcast time on espn Honolulu. i think though there's going to be a year when you don't have the regular season champ get that automatic bid this is the year to have the big west tournament because i'm not sure if they would have gotten the automatic winning first place but so they have that tournament to look forward to but you got to be playing your best then and hopefully they'll be able to do that right and again that's that's the conversation i don't want to have <laughs> i want to have hey i can't wait to get to the tournament that's when the season starts all right we got to go see you later this is ESP. Oh, I'll see you on the student section tonight at 7 o'clock from AutoSource with Cole Mausoff. See you next time. ESPN Honolulu.